0: When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Wisconsin bankers have their voice heard in Washington, D.C., thanks to the American Bankers Association. They represent 83% of all banks nationwide and have agricultural loans in their portfolio. I'm Charity Steebaker with the Midwest Farm Report. Ed Elfman, Senior Vice President of Agricultural and Rural Banking Policy for ABA, explains what lending issues are being brought to his attention and how he is supporting Wisconsin bankers and farmers with the upcoming farm bill.
1: I think the biggest thing right now from a lending standpoint is that commodity prices are really high. Is that the new normal or is it going to fall off at some point? So from a lending standpoint, we have to look at does that last forever or do we need to be more conservative and where does that go and then on top of it how interest rates tie into that because we're in a high interest rate i shouldn't say high the 80s were a high interest rate environment but we're in a higher interest rate environment so if we have a hard drop in commodity prices combined with interest rates staying where they are, what does it look like from a from an ag lending standpoint going forward? I think the other thing that we're hearing a lot in DC on rural lending is lack lack of credit or access to credit. And that's why we're so big on Acre right now, because Acre is, we believe is going to provide more credit to rural America and we need to do something because Many members of Congress, Senators, are talking about access to credit, access to credit, access to credit. So that's why we came up with legislation that hopefully will actually help with access to credit um, going forward.
0: How does Wisconsin compare to the other states in terms of agriculture loans, rural credit like you were mentioning, and lending in general?
1: What's interesting in a state like Wisconsin is you have a concentrated industry in dairy, right? which everything kind of revolves around what dairy looks like. So. From that standpoint, it depends upon what dairy prices do, where milk prices are, what cheese is, um, and what that looks like. So for Wisconsin, I don't know if the issues are that much different than any other state. You're just almost on a different cycle sometimes than some other areas. From a rural standpoint, Wisconsin to me is always interesting because like the bottom half is rural but not that rural, right? It's not like North Dakota or Wyoming. So I think from that standpoint, it becomes a little bit... Uh, you always have like opportunities for people to work in cities or things like that, or a spouse can find uh, employment, things like that. So you don't maybe have some of the same issues, but it looks like a lot of, a lot of the rest of the country.
0: How have the conversations that you've been having in DC with different legislatures changed over the years and now to really kind of help moving into 2023?
1: The dollars, it's so much bigger than it used to be. Um, 9% of farms or 66% of production. The consolidation in agriculture continues to grow. Farms continue to get bigger. I mean, you're seeing million dollar operating lines all over the place. Um, and that's probably what's changed the most. When I first started with ABA in 2012, the guaranteed loan program was 1.5 million a year. Now it's 2.4 something. And we're asking to have it go to three three and a half and it's not that the dollars worth that much less it's just that agriculture is so much more expensive i mean when you're looking at what it costs now to to buy a new piece of equipment the numbers are just outrageous so that's probably the biggest thing that's changed and then our banking regulations haven't really paced with how agriculture has grown because there's no other industry that your standard piece of equipment is three or four times more expensive 10 years later. It's just, That's an unusual thing. And then on top of it, land is so much more expensive. I mean, you've got $30,000 land in Iowa that's not being made into apartment buildings. It's being farmed. And it's not even being farmed. It's being bought by an outside investor who's renting it back, which is, I don't know how they get the return on investment, but they are or they wouldn't keep doing it. So that's that's probably the biggest change is dollars, the overall dollars that are involved.
0: What trends are you seeing in terms of net farm income, payments to farmers, that Farm Size and Production, Inflation Reduction Act, those types of things are probably in your everyday conversations.
1: Yeah, so for net farm income, it's been high and it looks like it's going to continue to stay high. Part of that is payments have been pretty consistent. So what you generally see from a payment standpoint is 12 to 14 billion a year in payments. And then what happened though in 20 and 21, and it's always easy to look back um, and say, you know, we could have done this different, whatever it might be. But when you look at 20 and 21, there was so much money that went out to rural America that a lot of the a lot of farmers were smart about paying off debt in doing some of those things. So what they did is they paid their debt off and then they went and got bigger and they consolidated more. And they were able to really leverage the dollars they received to help expand their business um, and go that way. So when you look from that standpoint, farms have gotten bigger, the dollars have gotten higher, uh, but they've become more efficient in their production too. What I think's gonna be interesting as we come into this next farm bill, do we start having more conversations around Certain size farmer should not be eligible for whatever government assistance, or only up to a certain amount, or you know, do we put barriers around what available what what available uh, subsidies or payments are there? I'm not advocating for any of those by any means, and in some ways, I we would not advocate for that. But instead, I, those conversations are going to happen. It's just a matter of which one gains legs and runs.
0: Speaking of that farm bill, what farm bill priorities are you working on? And with that, then what are your predictions, I guess? What do you expect to happen?
1: We'll get a farm bill done. When is the real question? When, that's always the question. Um, we'll get a farm bill done at some point because it's too important and too valuable for rural America to not have a farm bill. So everybody has the prerogative to get it done. When we're looking at things that we care about in there, guaranteed loan programs are our number one priority. They need to be strong. They need to be bigger than they are right now because we need to help beginning farmers and ranchers get into agriculture. And one of their biggest barriers is credit. And their biggest barrier in credit is because land is so, so expensive that they cannot literally buy the land without having some assistance through the guaranteed program. So that's our biggest push right now is to get those guaranteed programs where they need to be outside of that. It's keeping crop insurance strong. It's making sure that these programs make sense for farmers. Whenever a farm bill happens, we make these policy changes, and then we don't think about unintended consequences at times, and lenders get caught in the unintended consequences a lot. And it's not—it's never something that somebody did intentionally. It's really got to do with they maybe change the timing of a program or change how a program is allocated. I guess our other priority is making sure that we are part of that conversation and that we don't have unintended consequences happen to us. Because frankly, we need to make sure our customers stay strong and then we stay strong because of that. I I think the biggest thing I always want people to know is 80% of the banks in the United States have ag in their portfolio, which is an amazing number when you start to think about it. 5,000 banks in the United States, 4,000 have agriculture. Now, what is agriculture? There's a whole variety. And that's the beauty of working in this industry is what a bank in Wisconsin might be doing might be totally different than California, and they might both be doing dairy, but it looks totally different, and that's it's the fun part of this this industry. What I would say from a Wisconsin standpoint, we have a great association here with the Wisconsin Bankers Association. Uh, they've been great partners in a lot of things that we're doing, and there's really good lenders here. They really know their stuff. They've been great allies for me and great advisors for me in a lot of what I'm doing. At the end of the day, like I said before, we want to make sure our customers are strong. Because if our customers are strong, our rural communities are strong, our banks are strong.
0: That was Ed Elfman, Senior Vice President of Agricultural and Rural Banking Policy for the American Bankers Association. To learn more, go to aba.com. From the Midwest PharmaPort, I'm Charity Seebecker.